eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Good evening, faithful listeners. You are listening to The Blowhole on Finsider Radio. The 2018 NFL season is officially in the books. Over. Tonight, you have myself, James Radio, my co-host, Robcast, to ring in the offseason, welcome in our new head coach, and discuss what an awful Super Bowl that was. It wasn't that. Well, the... uh, Yes, it was. The, uh... The result was awful. Well, the good news is I took your advice and bet the $47,000 on the Patriots. See? I told you, people. Yeah. So I came came back with uh, close to hundred grand. Make lemonade out of that. Yeah. So it was good. So that was good. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, that was not at all how I thought that game was going to go down. Uh, very, very surprised to see the lack of offense on either side. Um, I knew both teams had good defenses, but... You know, statistically, they weren't that great. Um, neither one. They both looked vulnerable in the playoffs for the most part. Um, I guess it was just great scheming by uh, Wade Phillips and one Brian Flores, your new Miami Dolphins head coach. Man, well, I, I mean, everybody knows Belichick doesn't know anything about defense, so that had to be all Flores. <laughs> he did not... give him credit for the blitz. Yeah, did you see that's that? True. The blitz that led good to the call. interception. He said, "Good call." Yeah, 
So, um, but no, I mean, geez, I, I can't, there has never been a, a Super Bowl that was that low scoring. So, but I can't recall, I guess, actually re- a recent memory that the Broncos Panthers game was, was also extremely low scoring. There was a defensive touchdown in that game. Um, but yeah, that was a really boring Super Bowl as well in terms of offensive output. But see, I mean, people want to say like terrible game or whatever, but that was a lot more watchable than Seattle Denver. Although it was fun watching Denver. Yeah, that Denver was pretty get fun. destroyed. But it wasn't that that was a terrible game. This was a close game that was a great defensive game. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't this rainy slushy thing. It wasn't a bunch of overthrows. It wasn't terrible offenses. It just happened to be great defenses scheme to win it was it was boring the average you know fan doesn't want to watch it but our listeners they're football fans they might have enjoyed that (laughs) that's fine i enjoy watching defense play you don't get you don't get to see a lot of great defensive performances it was just unfortunate that it was the patriots that were authoring it although the rams did a very very good job on defense as well for three quarters yeah three and a half quarters um, well, I mean, I mean, you can't cover a wide receiver that's you know coached as well as the Julian Edelman. That's true. That's very true, and one that's jacked up on steroids as much as he is. Oh my god! I well, one I knew he I knew he was suspended after one of those first downs. He did that flex thing, and I'm like, oh my god, that guy! That, that guy is I did I, for some reason I don't think of him as jacked. Yeah, that guy well, is jacked. Yeah, I mean, it's cheating. <laughs> sure. Yeah, of course, one hundred percent, and. You realize if this was baseball rules, he would not have been able to play in the postseason. That is correct. I do know that. Um, yeah, I, 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 I mean it's the rules. They, they they cheat, and then within the rules, like what their 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 wins are within the rules because they they're cheating. They've been punished for their cheating. Mm. So there you go. Ho hum! Another year, another Patriots Super Bowl. I'm so all the more so tired of this for when it's over. That is true. Yeah, and there's there appears to be no end in sight. Um, oh, there's an end. Uh, I I thought yeah, whatever. We we've been on record as talking about how we thought this was going to be the end of the Patriots this season many times, and it just played right into their their new. No, their nobody believes in us. I mean, to be fair. Oh God. Well, I mean it. It does feel a little bit. It does feel a little bit like Brady's like picking his spots now. You know, like that Steelers game, like yeah. it felt like he didn't, you know, do what, you know, like that they could have won. But he's like, I don't have to win this game. I have to I have to do that in the playoffs. And then when they got to the playoffs, he was Brady. And and Gronkowski, I just don't understand. I mean, the guy seems so slow and so like, <laughs> I guess he's just I he just is. He's huge. He's got great hands. Impossible to cover. But he's yeah. also smart. You know what I mean? Like if you're blocking, football blocking, smart. blocking. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but honestly, I think Brady's only football smart. Yeah. I mean, some that I feel like that guy's not bright. And but I mean, he's great at football. Like, yeah. That's all he needs to be. So I guess observations from the game: Golf looked like a deer in headlights the entire time. Um, I I was very very surprised because I've seen the Rams play a number of times this year and they looked more than capable on offense and they just were out of sorts the entire evening i still the girlie's not 100 percent weird yeah to, to come out and say you're he's not having surgery on the injury that didn't that doesn't exist means something's weird <laughs> agreed he didn't look right but he never looked right yeah, yeah he hasn't the, looked right since that injury yeah 
CJ Anderson, you know, is is going to do what CJ Anderson, you know, he was he was fine. I mean, he was the better running back of the two for the Rams in that game, but he is CJ Anderson. Um Robert Woods, I did he even catch a pass? I I I'd have to look at the stats, but he was not I I he I mean he was targeted, but he wasn't a, he wasn't really a factor. Yeah, I mean Cooks made a couple catches, but he dropped that touchdown. I mean, and that was and then the interception happened on the next play. So uh yeah, Brandon Cooks you got to make that catch. I mean, that was that would have made the game a lot more interesting I mean, he, to say the least. Stats wise, I mean, the guy had a good game, decent so, game. So it's yeah. Well, I'm for a team to score three points. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, and their offensive line was was not protecting Goff well either. They seem to be getting pressure on him um, without blitzing much. Um, but but it wasn't. But I mean, they were. I mean, there, there were in those in any of those like third down plays didn't know who was coming i mean the flores did a great job I mean, <laughs> the way those and romo romo pointed it out i mean the way those guys are moving he's like they're only going to send four or five but you tell me which ones i don't know you don't know right then and, and that's what would happen you know and you you see the you know you miss it and that's that's uh, the belichick that's i you know what i can't get ahead because we'll probably talk more about floor we'll talk about it more in the second but you know i'm I've just been spending the last three weeks talking myself into how great and how excited <laughs> I am for the Flores era because there's no like we like we've said in the past there's no point in being negative about it. It's, no, for you sure. I might as well I mean, just hope for the best, and then if if it stinks, it stinks. But like, I'm going to pretend like they're going to be great. Looking at the looking at the past, I mean, Belichick's been a coach of the Patriots now since what was it 1999 when he took over or 2000 right right around then. He's had. Romeo Cornell was his defensive coordinator to start, who ended up becoming a head coach who was not a good head coach. Um, then after Cornell, it was Mangini, I believe, who then went on to the Jets and was also not good. Had a good year. Uh, did he? Yeah, he was even on the... Uh, get off it. Of, oh, my God. The cat's going to turn the computer off. Um, <laughs> he was on the Sopranos. That's how good he had that one year. Oh, that's right. The man genius. So that's right. I remember they called, they referred to him as that. Okay, so there was Eric Mangini after Romeo Cornell, who then went on to be a head coach, um, also did not do very well. Um, overall, had one good season with the Jets, I think. And then, man, your cat is annoying. <laughs> oh, man. He has never been in here when we've done this for some reason, I guess. Okay, so um, he's a big Dolphins fan. He was mad that he hasn't been on any of the. Cast I guess, yet. yeah. I'm waiting for him to say something in the microphone. Um, so Mangini uh, flamed out in New York, then went on to Cleveland for a couple seasons. Did nothing there. Um, he did destroy the Patriots once. I remember there was a, like a very bad Cleveland team really beat up on the Patriots one game. Um, there was, I mean, somebody had a tweet of all of the, the basically the no, I know, I'm just coaching kind of, the coaching tree, and it's it, none of it's good. I'm focusing on the defensive side. I know there's, I know Charlie Weiss on offense went to college. Um, I don't think I just not many Bill of the O'Brien offensive. Oh yeah, Houston. Bill O'Brien. Yeah, that's true, and he's done well. Um, but yeah, on the defensive side. So after Mangini, and, uh, was it Patricia after Mangini? Was he the one that took over the defense after that? I don't even know because they go through years without having I'm one just, like this year. I'm just saying. I mean, Belichick d- does those things like like exactly like what you said. What Romo was pointing out, like where they're very ex- exotic rush schemes. They're not even like like you said. They're it's only four four or five guys coming, but you don't know which four or five. And he's been you know it drove Peyton Manning nuts at the beginning. You know of you know of that Brady versus Manning 
you know, uh, rivalry that started. And then it just, none of the other coordinators that have gone on to be NFL head coaches have seemed to have similar success with their teams or their defenses. So enter Brian Flores. Um, uh, I guess we're done talking about the Super Bowl. There really wasn't a lot to talk about. The, the halftime show was horrid as well. You said you didn't watch it. I purposefully did not watch it. Yeah, no, you didn't miss anything. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting it to be good. Maroon 5 is is awful. I saw a great meme the other day that was it was a hand passing a baton and the, and the wrist on the hand was tattooed Nickelback and the baton <laughs> said worst band ever and the hand receiving it was tattooed Maroon 5 on the wrist. I thought that I was like that. it was a really really great meme. But um yeah, it was terrible. Um, you know, give Adam Levine credit. He didn't. He didn't lip sync. They didn't lip sync. That was all. I'm not. That was him and credit. all of his terrible. He's a musician. His job. His literal one job is to sing. Yeah, he was terrible. Um, then he took his shirt off, which was great. What? What? what I mean, uh, or th- those are real? I mean, that's really. He really put all those on him, like on the guy who sings for Maroon Five. All those tats. Yeah, because he's tough. Oh my god. He's real tough. He's a real tough dude. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, it was awful. Um, so when are you having your tattoos removed? <laughs> I only have two, so yeah, but they're. Big. I mean, they're big. They are big, but anyway, yeah, no, I'm not having my tattoos. My tattoos are cool. His I know, are- but the, well, I I would think that SpongeBob one you'd have removed after they did the, <laughs> after he ruined that SpongeBob song. That was another thing. I you kept saying that off air. I don't I don't recall hearing any SpongeBob songs, but I guess that that happened. I suppose so. Um, yeah, the halftime show was horrid, but back hopping back onto the Patriots coaching train for defense. So the Patriots defense was uh, phenomenal in the Super Bowl. Rams defense was phenomenal as well. Patriots defense was a little bit better. I think the, obviously the Patriots had a little bit more experience at quarterback. Ultimately, I think that's what ended up winning the game for them. And, well, that's what we said when we when before before the games when we said we would have we would have rather Breeze and Peyton right than 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 Goff for right. just this very reason. Like I don't think. I don't think they're holding Breeze to three points. Yeah, I was just, I mean, like I said, I was just surprised. I mean, last year was Foles and Peterson, and they tore them to shreds last year. So, anyway. Um, yeah, but who was, yeah, but who was in, but who was calling, who was the defensive coordinator? For the Pats? Yeah. Oh, Patricia, you're exactly. right. Oh, that's, that is the, I did see, that was another thing that I was going to bring up, because now that we're talking about, so we're into, into Flores taking over, so. Well, well, I mean, let's not push it. I mean, we got to say, we got to talk about something a little later. Well, no, I know, I know. but I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, these are things that I actually, um, that I saw this week in a lot of the clippings with, with Flores officially being named the coach, um, was, I mean, the Patriots defense didn't really change personnel wise from year, from one year to the next. And they were statistically, uh, a much better unit, um, this and, year. And they started awful. That's true. That is but, true. But they they morphed. They the whole team morphed. I mean that's and that's that's the credit to Belichick. Like this team yeah. learned what it is, changed its identity, and did what it needed to do. But As that it defense, usually does. That those slow linebackers, like that was not a good defense. And and all of a sudden there's guys like McCourty covering the covering the field <laughs> like wide open guys and he's running I don't know how they're covering that distance and knocking those balls away. I mean it was insane. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I mean, credit where credits due. Patriots were the better team on Sunday. Um, man, I hate them. Uh, but yeah, another six six Super Bowls for them. But I hate them because they're great. This is true. Um, so leading into Flores and the job he did, and obviously, I think we're in agreement that a majority of this is is Belichick, just because. 
this is what we've been seeing over the years is the defensive coordinators in New England have been interchangeable and the defenses have continued to be all coordinators good to great. Yeah. Well, yeah. The offensive coordinator, same thing. Yeah, that is true. Well, they have, I mean, you know, they last a little longer, but yeah. And then there's all the cheating as well, which goes into it. It helps. It does. Um, but Flores for the most part, I guess he's maybe it is just us talking into him. He seems different or feels different than some of these other guys. Um, so here's, here's the one thing, my Flores thing that made me first completely angry, and then I was happy for it. So he was on, uh, he was being, there was like interview with him. And I think actually it was, again, pro football talk. Yeah. Had him on in the interview. So I put it on and I, I listened to the first like three minutes and it's the most boring thing in the world. It made me like, it made me like angry how nothing he said and how boring. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't bl- I believe this is the guy. And then I'm like, oh, that's Belichick. I mean, don't, you don't give it. You don't give anybody anything ever. So I'm like, all right, maybe maybe this guy's learned something. Maybe maybe we will have a, a baby Belichick and and get to maybe get to do some of the things that he does. I guess the one uh, coaching the Belichick coaching tree hire that is probably the most similar to Belichick that I've that I've seen has been O'Brien. Like in terms of demeanor, like you know. Charlie Weiss was like kind of a, you know, a, a boistery, uh, you know, fiery kind of guy. Cornell was quiet, but he didn't, no offense to Romeo Cornell, didn't seem like the sharpest of, of football minds. Um, Patricia kind of strikes me the same way. Like he just kind of seems, you know. Like a guy who carries a pencil for a laminated sheet. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mangini is kind of the same way. And McDaniels was very boisterous as well. And, um, you know, and just doesn't, they, they, yeah, so... Flores does seem to have that, that he seems from the interviews and, you know, from the press release, uh, you know, or the, uh, the press conference, uh, for his hire, like he seems, he seems thoughtful, well-spoken, um, intelligent, but you're like, like you said, quiet, but he's been in the organization a while too. It's not like, right. he it's hasn't, not like he hasn't been, all defense. Only been there yeah. for two years. It's like, he's been, he's watched this. He sees how it works. Yep. Over the long haul. Yeah, he started as an offensive assistant, actually. He was an offensive assistant in 2010. Um, and I guess that was one of the years that the Patriots had one of their... They had the number one offense in football that year. Um, he also uh, served as a special teams uh, assistant coach as well um, before moving to the defensive side of the ball, which I believe he started in 2014 as a uh, defensive assistant. This is his first year, obviously, calling the plays. Um, and he wasn't the full-time coordinator. He was the linebacker's coach. Correct. So, um, promising, I guess. I mean, we'll see. Like I said, we're, I know we're... It could <laughs> nobody so knows up. anything. There's so, much, so many things. You know, you know what? You know what has really helped? I mean, Bill Belichick is a great coach. <clears throat> you know what has separated him from, be, from just the other really good coaches? Cheating. Well, besides cheating. Tom Brady. Tom Brady is a great quarterback. Also a cheater. Also a cheater. And you know what separated Tom Brady from the other great quarterbacks? Cheating. Bill Belichick. The fact the two of them together is most teams are lucky to get one. What's the common thread? Cheating. Right, there we go. <laughs> but right. but no, but being serious, I they'd both be successful without each other, but I don't think but I don't think you're talking, you know, six Super Bowl six out of eight is it six out of nine? I don't know. Six out of eight, six he, out of nine, that's six insane. and three. Or yeah, yeah six, six and three. three. Been to nine. That's insane. I know, it's insane. Yes. It's so I mean it's two great things. <laughs> Did you see the uh the the, the... 
the pits the local station in Pittsburgh where Tom Brady was on the screen, and it uh, whoever the producer was put under it said Tom Brady known cheater underneath the, underneath the, yeah, and he was fired. He but was still, fired. I totally worth it. Yeah, totally worth it. So kudos to that producer, television producer, local television producer in the Pittsburgh area. So I did see. So I'm going to mess up all the names. Um, so the Bengals, they got their new head coach who who didn't fare so well on the Super Bowl. Zach Taylor, who was uh, Ryan Tannehill's quarterback coach for some time, actually. He was. Wow, what a guy. Yeah. And then, and then that Jared Goff, boy, he looks good. I mean, Goff is a good quarterback, but. Well, I mean, he's I'd, I'd take him. I'd rather him over our situation, but I don't. And he's played well, but I don't know if he's good because he looked terrible. Um, he's a good quarterback. They just hired another ex-Dolphin. Coach, Who did the Bengals? Oh, they did. Zach Taylor, the guy they fired for the Bullygate, the offensive oh, line coach. That, oh, not the co- not the cocaine guy. The guy who was who was mentioned as the one knowing that the right. Bullying yeah, was I forgot his name. Was, did you know his name? It was in the article. I don't remember it. But yeah, I'm just like, but it was funny. Those guys are both from Philbin staff, right? That's but, a good. That's a good coaching tree that you want to you want to hire <laughs> off the the Joe Philbin coaching tree. Uh, but it was funny staff. because like in his interview, he's like, we're only getting the certain kind of people, quality people or whatever. And the next guy he hires is like somebody who's had a scandal. And I don't know how was much Bill Lazor not that. available. Yeah, exactly. Um, who else? Should have got the cocaine guy. <laughs> that was on Gase's staff. That's uh, Chris Forster. He was on the Buccaneers staff as well, along like a, on Gruden's. He's the cocaine guy. That's all I you got to know. I know. So good. Um, <laughs> oh, and hookers. Look. Or was it stripper? Uh, it's a fine line there. I know, but you know, I don't want to offend. There, sure, there is a line. It's yeah, not, some some have a hyphen, but for a lot, it's a line. Fair enough. Um, so getting away from the degenerate coaching staffs that have been hired by the Dolphins in the past, uh, Flores seems like he's putting together a, a pretty decent staff. I mean, O'Shea is the off- was named the offensive coordinator today. Uh, he was the wide receivers coach for New England. Julian Edelman speaks very highly of him, so he must have a good hookup for PEDs. Exactly. Our guys are going to be jacked. That would be, I would be fine if they get that kind of production out of our wide receivers. <laughs> They're going to need a quarterback first, um, but we'll talk about that later as well. So O'Shea and then Caldwell will be, you know, Jim Caldwell will be the offensive assistant that's probably helping run the offense as well. So I like that. Um, they haven't announced the defensive staff yet. I saw the Patriots hired Greg Schiano today to run their defense. Oh, I did see that. So that opened up one of the, I can't remember his name. Is it Bilesma? There's a very other respected defensive coach that they have up there that now opens the door for him to come down to Miami to be the defensive coordinator. So um, I can't remember his name. Uh, we'll look that one up. We'll go with Bielzebub. Yeah, sure. Bielzebub. That would that'd be pretty cool. I think the guy would probably know, know how to put, call some plays. Yeah. Yes. Um, so can't write a love song though. No, not not to save his life. Um, so yeah, um, that is you know we'll obviously be keeping an eye on that to see who the defensive coordinator is going to be. I did see an interesting article um, in the I believe it was the Palm Beach Post, maybe it was the Miami Herald about they asked Flores if he was going to be switching to a to a three four. 
Um, and he said he's going to be, you know, like the Patriots, running, you know, a hybrid defense, which I like. That. Of course. Yeah. Why wouldn't everybody? No, I know. It makes so much sense. And I'm surprised that it hasn't it hasn't been adopted. It just it's one of those things that's never been adopted. And that's one of the great things that Belichick does. I do it in Madden all the time. I know you scheme for what offense you're playing. If it's, you know, run heavy, you scheme towards that. If it's a pass heavy offense, you've got to scheme towards that. You don't just play, you know, wide nine, four, three all the time and let carry on Johnson run for 200 yards. Oh. I do like carry on Johnson as a player though, but yes, you're right. We shouldn't. And he shouldn't. So no, that was, that's refreshing to hear. So, but I, and I wonder they'll probably take that. Cause that's another thing that Belichick does as well. And the Patriots do on offense is they run, um, you know, they, they, they set their offensive game plan to go against the, you know, the strengths and weaknesses of that team. If it's a team that can't stop the run, they're going to run right down your throats. Exhibit a, the San Diego superchargers in the playoffs this year. I know in exhibit B, if they can't stop the pass, then they'll kill them with dink and dunks like they did to the like they did to the Chiefs. So anyway, I like those are things that get me excited. It seems like Flores is going to be that kind of guy, um, you know, at least take that philosophy. And it's going to be a while before this team is competitive. He seems like he's OK with that. That was another thing that came out this week. He's the only coach of this round of coaches to get a guaranteed fifth year on his contract, which says they're committed to this guy and the rebuild. So how do you feel about that? So, you know what? That's a good topic to take after our little break right here. As we go into our off-season primer, as we go into our off-season primer, we're gonna uh, we're gonna listen to have a word from one of our sponsors right here. Do you think it's Pura still? Because I'm gonna get another one of these. They're delicious. I I don't think it is. We need, we need to get them on. They should be. All, All right. right, we'll be right back. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back. Woo! So, how do you feel about the guaranteed fifth year for Brian Flores, and what do you think that means for this Miami football team moving forward? So... It obviously means they're giving him a little longer leash, right? It's not like if you don't take us to the playoffs in year one, you're fired because he's like, We're, this team's not making it to the playoffs in year one. This team is, needs a rebuild. This the, kind of did the old uh, Jack Nicholson joker. This this team needs an enema. <laughs> so I like I like that they gave it to him, that they said, hey, now look. Yes, it's possible. It's possible he's terrible, and we waste three years <laughs> trying to build something out of nothing. But sure. you have you have to do, but you have to give it a try. I mean, that's one of the biggest complaints I think some fans have had with the Dolphins is they don't give anybody a chance 
to turn anything around. They they just they they quick on the trigger to get rid of and start over and and I I I'm personally don't really feel that way. I felt like most people ushered out had had run their course, but there you know something to be said to you know there's growing pains. Let people learn on the job and 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 keep going. So I feel I mean I feel like Sperano held on too long. I feel like Philbin held on yeah, too yeah, long. Yeah, no, I I'm saying I don't feel that, but I've seen the arguments made and and I get it. Uh, you know, there there's something to be said to it. So this this allows and one one he probably came and said, "Look, there's no quarterback. Maybe we get one, maybe we don't." But, you know, I need to build the culture. I need to do everything every coach says, you know, make it make this my team and do and do this stuff and and hopefully they allow, you know, they allow him to do it and hopefully it works. Yeah, I guess that's what's I, that's what's strange to me because I feel like Sperano came in off of you know he came in after a one and fifteen season. I mean you know and that that was was that not a a rebuild? Like they they built a whole team. They they you know they it's yeah, but not, we didn't go in thinking we were going to be one and fifteen. No 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 no. He came in after oh, one right. and fifteen, and then he went eleven and five and made the playoffs, and then you know he was ultimately let go, and then Philbin came in, and it was kind of the same thing. It wasn't like you know, again, then they kind of cleaned house and Philbin came in, you know, he had his four years. I mean, and then they drafted Tannehill in Philbin's first year. So that was the beginning of the Tannehill era. Gase came in again. They kind of, you, you mispronounced error. <laughs> Gase came in and then it was, you know, they did, they kept Tannehill and they kept some players, but they did, they let a lot of guys go. And, you know, I mean, it was again, a, quote unquote rebuild like i just what is different about this one like why is why is this one why is this one any different like are we going to see them well, completely clean house completely i don't i mean it's not like no but it's not like they didn't reset every single time they hired a new coach like that's what i don't understand well but here's the thing the guaranteed fifth year doesn't mean anything except that they'll give him more money if if and when they fire him i mean it doesn't mean he's st- <laughs> right. it doesn't mean anything right. it's just a, a tiny vote of confidence that I think the billionaire can afford to throw an extra couple of million dollars at this guy if he wants to get rid of him. I mean, that's what we're going to see this off season is we'll, we'll see exactly like, I, I guess we'll see what, you know, a, a rebuild means for this team. I, I mean, what players are going to go like, so who like, so who, so, who are the veterans on this roster? There weren't really a ton of them. Like, I mean, so Cameron Wake is a free agent. I'm assuming he doesn't come back. Unless unless he desires to just play in Miami for another year or two as a situational player and takes a tiny contract, I'm sure someone else will probably will, will pay him more and it'll be up to him. But yeah, he's not coming back. I don't see, yeah, Wake is, so he's not under contract. Guys that are under contract that are veterans. So we'll start with, the, we'll go from the, you know, Rashad Jones, he's probably the most talented senior guy that they have on the team. And I love him. Yeah, me too. He's a great player. Do, I mean, but do they? is that a guy that stays? I don't, I guess not. If you're listening to the narrative, like, I mean, I would imagine, I and mean, this is all speculative, obviously, but I would imagine he doesn't fit into this plan for a rebuild. But, and I guess, and that's what we'll see what this rebuild is, right? If he's under contract, I mean, you're not trying to get under the salary cap this year. You need, if anything, you're waiting for a year or two to be able to make a push in, in free agency. So you don't need the cap space. I mean, so if you get rid of, if you get rid of him and wake and Quentin, well, not wake, but not resign, but you know, some of these guys, well, let's, Alonzo, let's go down the list. Right. Yeah. We'll go down the list. So Jones, does he stay or not? All speculation, so, uh, obviously. So you're, you're Chris Greer and you're, you know, and you're listening to Brian Flores, depending on, you know, 
Do you so, want to, do you keep this guy? I mean, you have no loyalty to this guy. He wasn't part of your draft. I don't. Maybe he was. Maybe he was a scout on the team at the time. I don't. I don't remember. Well, but regardless, do you keep Rashad Jones? I mean, I'm not cutting him. Right to save cap space. You're so, not cutting. him. I'm not cutting him. No, because I, I mean don't, I don't... cap space doesn't do me any good. I'd rather have a, a good player than cap space. I might. I would trade him if I can get a three or a four. I don't think they'd get a three or four for him. Maybe a five. I mean, he's up there in age too. True, but I mean, but it's a but he's good. He is good. Yeah. Okay. So you you're holding on to Jones, right? Or um um I mean, next on the list, Kiko Alonso. He's kind of expensive he's a good player i don't really think he fits in that hybrid scheme i think he's pretty much a a 4-3 linebacker i don't think he's he fits in a 3-4 i don't think maybe he's an inside 3-4 i mean that's what he played in philadelphia right, in the 3-4 and he wasn't very good i'm terrible at this game even in my, in my madden franchises <laughs> i hate giving up players i have okay i sign all my so you're just players. gonna keep all of them well i mean if if there's a cap, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm fine with Jones going. I'm fine with Kiko going like uh, the money. If, sure. if there's, if we need that cap space, if there's, if we need to free up cash, I granted, I don't want to spend, I, we don't need to spend a lot of money on Kiko Alonso. Would I rather in a vacuum, uh, a salary cap vacuum, would I rather have this team with him than without him? I'd rather have with him, even if he, I mean, unless he completely doesn't fit, okay. but I don't see you getting much for him. I mean, maybe we get sixes or sevens. All right. Robert Quinn. Now, this guy is scheduled to make, I think, 13 or $14 million next year, and there's no penalty for cutting him. So, also, he wasn't extremely productive this year, and he was playing in a system this year that was supposed to be tailored to his strengths. You forgot the most important guy, but we'll talk about Quinn. What? Who's the most important guy? Ryan Tannehill. Oh, no, we're getting to yet. offense. We're getting to, <laughs> we're going down the defensive oh, line okay. first. He hasn't been released yet. So right. Technically yeah. It's no, still a no, 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 no. Robert Quinn. <clears throat> Robert Quinn. Yeah. Again, I mean, he's talent. Yeah. He's not worth the money. Fine. You want to cut him, you cut him with no, no penalty. Fine. I, I get it. And I don't have a problem with it. If he's on the team, am I going to be mad? No, I'd be happy to put him out there and, because he's not a terrible player. No. He's just not a $13 million player. He's been on record as, as well as not not this offseason, but in the past when he was on the when the Rams switched to a 3-4, saying he, you know, that he was on that team and he didn't want to play in a 3-4. Right. So um yeah, so he's a guy that I mean I mean, so full disclosure, in my in my Madden season where I fired Gase and kind of cleaned house and, and did my draft and everything, I held on I was able to hold on to all three of them and still stay under the cap, so I kept them because I think you need those, you know, at least some veteran presence. Yes, but your team but your Madden team is a playoff contender. Correct. This team is not. Yeah. So I, I think in, in real life IRL, I think all three of those guys are most likely gone. Ah, and Jones, you know what? Because because Minka Minka could, would be more natural back there. I get it, but God, I like that guy. Yeah, but I think if if this happens now, and now you're going to, so we're looking at we're looking at the defense. We're going to talk about the offense in a second, but looking at the secondary. So Jones goes. That means now you can put McDonald at strong, Fitzpatrick at free safety, and then you can now you have some some money that you can lock down Howard for a while. And Howard was Greer's guy. Like Greer, that was like one of his like one of his like. He was the one in the room that wanted to draft him. That's like one of like everybody pointing at like, look, this guy knows what he's doing with personnel. This was his guy. He picked him. There's been talk of him being traded in the offseason. I just I don't 
see that. Like that's a young building. You that's, that's a young crazy. building block. Like unless you get like some and, kind of crazy offer for draft picks, but but we even then we covered that week. last week. Like, yeah. hey, what are you going to do with those draft picks? So this is a, it's a superstar. He's he's going to be a star in the league for a while. I, I mean, I think that's the guy you hold on. So you build your secondary around Howard Fitzpatrick McDonald, who was solid last year. Uh, Bobby McCain is he's Bobby McCain's another one. He's under contract for, you know, he got a big contract last season, so he might be somebody that's, that's expendable. I would like to, he's young though. I'd like to see the, and, and capable. Yeah, I'd I don't like to see them him. keep him. Um, so, and then, you know, these are spots you don't have to focus on in the draft. The secondary is one of the, the few areas of this team that has depth and is strong. And you need depth in the secondary. Yeah. I mean, and whether or not they fit the system that Flores wants to play, I would imagine they do. Um, so I guess we'll find out, but that's, that's how I feel about the secondary. So the linebacking core, you have McMillan, you have Baker. Those guys are on rookie contracts. They're extremely affordable, whether or not, I mean, Baker showed some promise. I think McMillan wasn't that great. I forgot to tell you this last week. Baker showed extreme promise in Madden. He was the <laughs> defensive player of the year. <laughs> Had like 20, 25 sacks. He was amazing. 25 sacks? Yeah, I tend to send him a lot. <laughs> that will never, ever happen in real life. Um, you let me be I the, would, the, the uh, linebacker coach and the and the defensive play Baker caller. is a guy, too, that I feel like is really is really set to play in, in a 4-3. Not really much of a... He's not a 3-4 linebacker to me from what I see, but... Anyway, he's you have him, and then I mean Alonzo will, will most likely be gone, and then on the defensive line, they they've got some work to do there. I think we're we're in alignment there. That's going to be an area they focus on in the draft, um, especially if Quinn goes and they don't bring Wake back. Um, you have uh, Davin Godshaw, um, Akeem Spence is probably a guy that gets let go. Vincent Taylor's coming back from injury. I, Charles Harris was a first round pick that look that is starting to look like a bust now. Um, so that's an area they're going to really need to focus on in the draft. So well, it's, a, it's the draft to focus on it. Yeah. So that covers the defense. Let's shift over to the offensive side of the ball and we can start at quarterback because he's the most high profile player on the offense that is on the chopping block. There's no way this Nobody guy comes back. Him. No way this guy comes back. They might. It seems like they're posturing a little bit, maybe because they're trying to trade for. They're pretending. Well, they're they're pretending someone's going to give them like a conditional fifth, and that's not even happening with his contract. Yeah, I, I couldn't couldn't see that. So, yep. Yeah, so there goes. Uh, so Tannehill. Um, other players on offense. Danny Amendola. I don't think he comes back, even though he probably has some kind of connection to O'Shea and, and Flores from the from the Patriots. I just I'd have don't... no problem. I'd have no problem if, especially if you're running some kind of Patriot esque offense. I mean, obviously, you know, I don't know what O'Shea's going to run, but I have no. I I think they may keep Amendola just because of that, and I'd be fine with that. Parker, your boy Parker's gone. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Really? Let me look in my crystal ball. Oh, look at that. He's gone. Because <laughs> uh, when, when will Wilson be back to, like, is he supposed to be able to start training camp? I think so, but, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to watch. But, you know, Wilson, Stills, Grant, those Amandola. guys are back. Well, if is not back. But you those got are those. four small wide receivers. They're teeny tiny. Yeah, but true. But so anyway, I don't know. I mean, it'll be Devonte Parker is one that bears watching. I mean, he 
for his option to be picked up, it is it is a lot of money for a guy who hasn't produced. He's not being picked up. That option's not getting picked up. I can promise you that. Um, and then looking at the offensive line. Well, well, well before that, for we just might as well stick with skill position. What happens with the ageless wonder, Frank Gore? Oh, he's not under contract. He was on a was one it year a one year deal? deal? Yeah. So yeah, they're not bringing him back. I mean, no way, right? I don't know. I mean, lock. It would be just for locker room, but you know, and and so if I know he wants, he wants to, to play. He wants it because he's still got he's still got some milestones to chase, and he can. I mean, he proved he's still capable of playing. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I I've, I would have no problem with him coming back, but I just don't see why. Like, he's a progress stopper for a team that's supposed to be in yeah, rebuild yeah. mode. Like, why are you gonna? That just doesn't make sense to me. Unless it's a unless it's a, a locker room. You want you do want somebody to teach and. You know, uh, nice yeah, unless it. he's legitimately like not going to be the <laughs> featured back, the yeah. featured back, which he shouldn't have been. Yeah, well, I mean, he played well enough, uh, but he, I, yeah, yeah, I'm not not arguing the point. Okay, so and then all right, switching to the offensive line. So Sitton is coming back from injury. Um, he's a you know when he's when he's healthy, he's one of the best offensive guards in the league. Whether or not he fits the scheme that they're going to be running, I don't know. Um, I think that's a guy that gets cut. Kilgore is another one, the center that they brought in. I think he gets cut. I think offensive line and defensive line are going to be the main areas of focus in this draft. But I don't know how you can cut any offensive lineman. Pretty easily. Well, that (laughs) might be, that that will probably be better than the ones who you would put out there. I mean... I don't know. I mean, but I, I think that, that that's part of the, the, again, these guys are progress stoppers. They're not going to be part of the rebuild. Like, you're going to want to get young guys in there that learn how to play. Very, not to, to keep going back to, my, to this well, something Madden has done extremely well <laughs> <laughs> this year. It's hard to get offensive linemen in the draft, in their fake drafts. Yeah. They, oh, yeah. It's not in years past. I'd just be able to redraft them. Now you look and there's like three good ones and they're gone in the top 10. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's why the dog, that's why teams don't have good offensive lines. There's not. No, because all the offenses in college football are spread offenses that don't that but don't run also any not pro style offense. 50 good offensive linemen in the league. Right. Like, really good. Yeah, because I mean, they're, they're not being trained in college right. on how to block They're Yeah. So. Yes, uh, agree there. Um, I do think that that's, I, I mean, I think it's an area of focus, obviously. Um, and then they have uh, Juwan James is one that I, I would like to see them spend the money to bring him back. He's a solid offensive lineman. We we were just, just literally just talking about how hard it is to find solid offensive linemen. I mean, if you're going to build, like, he's not at, you know, Xavier Howard's level of talent, like where he's a, a superstar in the league, but he's young and he's a very good, you know, a good, capable player, and you have him and Tunsil on the, on, you know, as yeah, your bookends for your offensive line, at least, you know, it, it's just one less thing that you have to worry about. I would I would like to see them sign him and keep him because he's young and he's good. I agree. So I would like to see them keep him. Whether or not they do, that remains to be seen. Um, and then the entire interior of this offensive line needs to be redone. Jesse Davis has shown promise um, as a guard, both on the left and the right side. Um, he's young. He's cheap. I would think they would keep him. I think they need to find a guard and a center in this draft that that, that are young that they can that they can grow with. So um, that's kind of how I see, at least from a draft strategy. We know they're not going to do much in free agency. So guard, center, defensive line, quarterback. I mean that's those those are four those are four picks already. <laughs> no, I know no, I know. That's what they I, that's what they have to focus on. But but you're already in round 4. 
if, unless you know if, well yeah if, i mean what i would i what i'm hoping they would do and if again all speculation obviously um i would i've been on record as saying i would like to see them get one of the top quarterbacks in this draft i feel like i feel like there's some value there but if you're trading up for them if you're trading up then you're then losing you're not getting yeah, any yeah, right of those then you're losing things. the you're losing the capital at the end um you know obviously there's a lot of things that need to happen. Like maybe they are able to get some end of the end of the draft picks for, you know, some of these older guys that we're talking about, maybe they're able to trade some of them and get something for them. Um, it will see. I, I would like to see them go. I'd like to see them go quarterback defensive line, then offensive line. And then maybe, you know, late draft picks on, on both lines. <laughs> so that's what I would like to see happen. And they've had, I Greer honest, has had some success in the late rounds of the draft at getting some of these guys. And honestly, I, I don't disagree with you, but I think I would put offensive line ahead of defensive line. I know we need it more, but it, and just the way the league is going, I, and I, I, I'd rather protect this young quarterback and, and like build that. And I'd rather lose 41, 38 than, than watch this guy get destroyed. That's fine. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue that. I mean, both, both of them are major right. areas of need for this team. So yeah. And free agency, I mean, they're not going to be big players. I mean, I'm not, I, I would imagine Flores is going to go out and try and get some guys that he's familiar with, but not big players means is good. It means you're not getting Levy on bell, but it doesn't mean, no, no, it doesn't I'm, mean you're not, you're not going to get some mid-level. I'm totally fine. Player. I have right. I, Vegas has, you know, the Vegas odds and this is ridiculous. They're, they're the team that's favored to get foals in free agency, which is, I saw that. That's, that's that, I, that makes no again. sense to me. And it's been, but it's been repeated now. So if they were close, like if this was, if this was uh, two years ago and Tannehill went down, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, with with the prom, you know, instead of Cutler, you want to go and get a Foles. No, like- even if like if Gase was staying, like if Gase right. was staying, then yeah, get sign Foles, draft a quarterback, you know, build around the team that you have, and you know, and but that's not the case. Like right. that's not what the, that's not the I agree. narrative. I don't, know. I don't understand where this is coming from. I mean, I don't know how. I mean, to me, it's the the, the Jaguars. You know, maybe the maybe the Redskins, but. To me, the Jag- the Jags are that team that you can that just needs needs a good a competent quarterback. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and then going back to like a lot of the uh, the way too early mock drafts that we're seeing coming <laughs> out, uh, I did see them. Uh, the Dolph, they uh, I I can't remember which one it was. In one of the ones I saw this week, they landed in this mock draft. Uh, the Duke quarterback, as it. David Jones or Daniel Jones? I can't. Davy Jones is locker. Davy Jones is locker. I think it's David Jones. Like, whatever. Um, that's who they landed. Um, I've seen other ones that, that you know. A lot of the, the you know the consensus is there's there's only going to be two quarterbacks that go in the top ten, which bodes well for the Dolphins. Um, it seems to be Haskins and Murray are the ones that are going to be the first two off the board. A lot's going to happen between now and the draft. I, mean, I, just, I still, it 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 doesn't matter. Seems like Elway is in love with that with the lock kid, from what I understand. So and maybe that's the he, guy you like. That's the one I like. So maybe they trade up. Maybe maybe Denver. But that's what I mean. Like, but I don't think they're going to need to trade up because they're ahead of us anyway. So, but they might have to trade up. But it doesn't matter if they're a top ten talent or not. If a team is willing to get them in the first oh, round, they're going to go into the top ten to get them. That's why I'm make fine. Them top 10. Yeah, like, I'm that's fine what with happened that. last year. Those you know the the. The third and fourth guys weren't really top ten guys, but they ended up being top ten guys. Yeah, I didn't like. I mean, I liked you know Mayfield. I mean, the Mayfield Arnold were 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 like nobody was arguing with. Still those. not sold on Arnold. I know, but the pick. Yeah, well, 
I'm just glad he's not a dolphin. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I guess, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that are going to happen between now and then, but um, that was one of the, the mock drafts that I saw. I did have them getting Jones. Um, another one I saw was, again, Montez Sweat, who's an edge rusher from uh, Texas A&M, who's allegedly had a fantastic senior bowl, and this draft is supposed to be very thick uh, for defensive line, so that could be, a you know, could be a, a, an impact player for them for a while. Um, you know, they're probably going to do focus on you know best player available if none of those quarterbacks fall i i don't i'm not very high on kyler murray i just i don't i just don't see it oh i mean i see it but i also see where it it could go wrong that being said i'd just be happy with with an exciting guy so i i yeah you know if if it happened i'm not gonna i'm gonna be the optimist that i always am jones Um, is probably the least exciting guy of the quarterbacks that they're talking about being drafted in the first round yeah I would lock to me like watching the the little bit of the little bit of tape that I've watched. Um, lock is is the one that I like the best. Um, I think Haskins will probably be the first quarterback drafted, and he'll might end up being the best quarterback of this class. But I just really like Locke's ceiling. I mean, the guy's arm is incredible, and you know he played put up some good numbers in a very tough conference against good competition. And yeah, I just I, I think he's uh I think he'll be the real deal. So, but I don't know if they'll land him or not, but. That'd be great for me, you know, if they draft him. It would match your Madden team. That would be awesome. Yeah, I wouldn't have to restart my Madden team if, uh, you know, when they draft <laughs> Kyler Murray or who's the one you drafted? Uh, that would be Lamar Raynard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's hope that doesn't it doesn't come to that. Well, as long as they don't reach for him like I did when I took him in the fifth. So round. here's another thing before we got another break coming up, but before we get to that, so. If it's not Tannehill, I mean, which it's not going to be Tannehill, and you know, who is it going to be? Like that's the thing. Like if they if it's not Tannehill, they're not going to break the bank for somebody like Foles. I mean, are they handing the ball to you know? Are they going to make a play for a rookie? Like what what do you end up doing there? Because there are no quarterbacks on this roster. So we'll leave that for the break. When we come back, we'll pick up from there, um, and then uh, we'll finish up. But that'll be what we close on. I am your cat is really freaking me out. All right, so when we come back, the cat is going to tell you who the starting quarterback is for your Miami Dolphins. And we're back. Oh, I actually heard the uh, the effervescent bubbles. <laughs> yeah, I switched to the sparkling instead of the still. Um, all right, so this, this was actually pretty interesting. Um, in all of our drunken pontificating about the Miami Dolphins and their offseason and the plans... We've never, we haven't really come up with <laughs> who's going to play quarterback for this team. We're so busy saying who's not going to be quarterback. So, assuming they don't get one of the quarterbacks in the draft, Tannehill's not coming back. We don't think they're really going to sign Foles. The free agent list of quarterbacks is the, the quarterbacks that exist on the roster outside of Tannehill are Luke Falk, who was a sixth round draft pick and Luke. did not play at all last season, uh, spent most of the year on injured reserve, was drafted by the Tennessee Titans, um, and then the Dolphins signed him off the practice squad. Um, he, from what I could tell, was a was a good college quarterback, um, is a standard a traditional pocket passer, tall, um, big arm, but doesn't, uh, doesn't move well. Um, so there's Luke Falk, and then they signed Jake Ruddick, I believe, or Bullock, or Ruddick off of the Detroit Lions team. He's thrown five passes in the NFL. So 
I don't think it's going to be one of those two guys. Um, Probably not. So then after Foles, it's Bridgewater is the next big name um, at quarterback for free agent. He would come cheaper than Foles for sure. He is from Miami. He played college football with Devontae Parker. Um, after Bridgewater, there is quite a drop in the free agents that are available. Oh, my God. I just had a terrible realization. Yes. Are you going to share it? Is is Osweiler under contract? He's not under sure? contract. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. He is one of the free agents that are available, though. Woo! There we go. So, yeah, I don't want that... Um, I don't see that happening. Um, you mentioned Josh McCowan. All right, so here's the other list of outside the top the top two in quotes of Bridgewater and uh, Foles. Ugh. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick, who can we've just we've established he cannot be signed to this team because of the the copyright of Fitzmagic. That would make Minka very very angry. I'd allow there'd be a lot of uh, locker room. It. There'd be a lot of dissent. Honestly, I'd allow if, if we're talking a rebuild year, I'd allow it just for the the fun highs and as the a stopgap. I would be okay with it, but I don't think. I mean, Mink, I don't. Want I don't it. think Minka would be okay with it. Oh, he's fine with it. Brock Osweiler, no. Tyrod Taylor. I know you love Tyrod Taylor. I did until I watched him play in Cleveland, and oh my God, was he terrible! But he's weird. When he was in Buffalo, he'd be weirdly exciting in the way he could move around and then then throw that one long ball that that hit. I don't. I after what I saw in Cleveland, I'm not very interested. But there's a part. There's a little part of my heart that remembers watching him run around. I don't think he'd fit in the type of offense that O'Shea wants to run. This one, Josh McCown. That's the one that you had stuck on. I, I don't know. I mean, I... I don't think that's a terrible stopgap. I think he's better than people think he is when they hear the name. So, knowing this, I think, like, even even before we really dove into this, like, I was already kind of sold on the idea of, of trying to draft a quarterback early. I want to draft a quarterback, yes. Yeah, so n- knowing this, now I'm even more now on you board. have to. Yeah, now I'm, like, more on board with Cause this. Because it really drops off there after McCown. You go Josh Johnson to Brett Hundley. <sighs> Man. Yeah, and, and honestly, I mean, at this point, Kaepernick's too old to play anyway, regardless of what, whether oh, he's blackballed man. or not. I would, and honestly, I would have, I would be fine with him. Honestly, like out of that, out of that list. But good lord, and and then the other side of that are guys who haven't been cut, or I mean, I, I don't think Blake it's, Bortles, it's the Blake Bortles, Flacco. Um, I I think one of the one of the forty nine er quarterbacks. And when Garoppolo comes back, you only need one backup <laughs> between Bethard and Bethard and Mullen. Like, are you M- kidding me? Well, like, I'm I'm not talking about saviors. I'm talking about stopgap. Even as I'm a stopgap, like not Luke Falk. I mean, and that's I mean, the term tanking has been has has been mentioned. Like, I mean, I guess that there's been speculation that that was talked about in the coaching hires. So, or the coaching interviews. I'm I just I. Oh man, and and that's why. And when you say and like tanking, you're trying to win. Like the players are trying to win. You're just you're not spending your cap space on a guy like Josh McCown because he's better than Luke Falk, and you just go with Luke Falk because who cares? There is not enough bourbon in the world to make me watch Josh Johnson play quarterback for this team on There's Sundays. A lot of bourbon in the world. Not enough, my friend. Not enough. Actually, that's not true. There is enough bourbon. What there is not enough of is your liver function to keep you alive 
to be able for to, 16 games for of Josh much, Johnson for to process the amount of bourbon. Oh Lord, um, yeah, that's a very. I was going to say sobering thought, but I'm not close to being sober, so. Uh, I don't think you're close to a thought. <laughs> I'm just surprised, like in like in all of our in all of our discussions, we haven't even really like breached broached this one yet. So. Yeah, I mean, that's a scary, scary thought. Like, I mean, I just assumed that they were going to get one of the quarterbacks. All right, here's the thing. In the draft. Let's say you can't get one of those guys. Would you give up pick 13 for Derek Carr? No, no, because no. And here's why. If you get if you make that kind of trade for Derek Carr, and I don't, there's no way that they're going to do that. Like they just that would be you're hitching your wagon to Derek Carr. No, I agree. And like maybe if, if Joe Philbin was here, well, and I think the main reason is you would rather one of these rookies. I like Derek Carr. No, no, but one but of these yeah. rookies would you'd have five years on a rookie deal where Derek Carr is going to get paid, and the whole point of going with the rookie or a, or the unproven is that you can spend your money elsewhere. So I agree. Like, if I was the Jaguars, I might do that. But uh, I don't think I would if I'm the Dolphins. So that's an interesting thing, too. Like, do we think this is, like, is it all smokescreen? Is it all pontificating about, like, them playing for the 2020 draft for a quarterback? Like, you know, like, I mean, honestly, because if if you're going into the season with a Josh Johnson or a C.J. Beathard or a, I don't even know the Mullen guy's first name, or even a CJ. Josh McCown. Or <laughs> They're all CJ. Ryan Fitzpatrick will win some games for you, and it will be entertaining to watch. And he will lose some for you oh, all absolutely. by himself. absolutely. He's going to lose a bunch. But um, that's... I mean, you're really... T- if you're going into the season with one of those guys, like you're really talking about maybe two wins for this team next year. Ah, oh, come on. This team can get to four wins easily. Not with CJ Beathard as the quarterback. I'll play Adam Gase twice. oh man oh man all right so obviously that's the big question for the offseason for this team is who's going to be the quarterback next year um so we'll uh, it's a long offseason it just started the staff hasn't even been finalized yet which um was one of the articles i was reading today uh really drove that point home about like what they're going to do with Tannehill. like they haven't even finalized the staff yet so they i mean obviously we don't think they're bringing Tannehill back and there's no real reason to bring Tannehill back so um yeah that bears watching so i don't know any final thoughts on this uh i guess on who's leading this team on weird, offense in a weird terrible way if if you can't get one of these young quarterbacks if you can't get the quarterback of the future and you're going and you and your choices to to cuz and you're not going to spend for Bridgewater or Foles so you're talking about I don't think Bridgewater's going to cost that much honestly. Uh, well, somebody's going to pay him. I really don't think so. Like I think you'd be able to get him for like a 10 million dollar one year contract probably. Somebody's going to give him a t- I mean cuz they're not guaranteed. Somebody's going to give him a 3 year contract. Somebody. All right. There's teams out there that think they think they're close. <laughs> and think Teddy Bridgewater's going to put you over the top. <laughs> the Jag- well, I mean, wouldn't the Jaguars be better with him? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't honestly know. don't know. You might find out. Yeah. So, so, but what I'm saying is, if you, 
I mean, what the hell? Why not pay Tannehill $17 million to stink next year if 2020 is your goal? Because he's under contract for, I think, $26 million. Oh, my God. For real? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't even pay me that. <laughs> and I would love $26 million. <laughs> Uh, there is enough bourbon in the world for me to watch you play quarterback for the Miami Dolphins next year. There's definitely enough bourbon in the world for that. Oh my god, that would be that'd be fantastic. So you didn't get the you didn't land the Packers job, but maybe not. Miami Dolphins starting quarterback next year. I don't year. even think I could hand it off. Like I, <laughs> I probably couldn't get it from the center's ass to a, a running back's hand. Your footwork is terrible. Oh, so bad. Yeah, I agree. So I'm nervous just thinking about that. All right. All right. All right. Enough of this. Enough of this. We'll be back. We'll we'll be back next week and we'll talk more about things that are happening with the Miami Dolphins in the offseason. Um I did want to bring Are you actually are you committing right here to doing this next week? Are yeah. you gonna be good? Yeah. You're going to be a good boy? Absolutely. All right. Yeah, we'll do this next week. So when we have nothing this to talk fun. about. No, is fun. this is when we're going to start talking. This is like, this is when we're going to start talking we're about We're here nothing. for you. We're, you're yeah. going through Dolphins withdrawal. We're going through Dolphins withdrawal. We're doing this together. So We will be your fix. Yeah. So here's how, here's how far off of the Dolphins train I'm going to go off of Miami Whoa. Dolphin football. I want to talk to you about the HBO series True Detective season one. I started rewatching <laughs> I'm like, you know, in, I'm, in the back of my head, I'm like, I hope he says season one because two was terrible. Oh, two was awful. I one was I remember one from I watched it when it was when it was out. Like it was amazing. So I decided to after I, I downloaded the Yellow King, the book, the Yellow King. Yes. And, so did I. I after read, season one, I, I, mean, I, I read, read a couple it. pages. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> but no, I'm rewatching it. it. It is. It's incredible. Like it's probably like I like I like I knew it at the time that it was really great television. And I um, the reason I started rewatching from season one was because I wanted to get hyped for season three. But season one is so good that like I don't even think I want to watch season three. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, season two was. Oh, I didn't worst. watch season two. It didn't, you didn't even watch I it. I didn't even watch. Oh, it, it was comically. But bad. I haven't watched season three yet. Either. But it wasn't a comedy. But it was no, no. But it was really funny. Like it was funny. It was uh, who was the, it was uh, Colin, Colin Farrell, Farrell. But who was the other Vince one? Vaughn? Oh yeah, God, I mean. Come on, what are you trying to do? Oh, it was so bad. But no, season one is, I I had forgotten how just amazing it was. Like McConaughey and Harrelson are magic. Like yeah. it is, it's incredible. So I've been, I've been burning through that. That's uh, and it's, it's awesome. I haven't watched it since it came out. Yeah, I would, I would, for those of you that have seen it, I would definitely recommend watching it again. For those of you that haven't seen it, 100%, like cannot recommend it high enough. Like that is a fantastic small season of te- like i think it's only eight episodes it's just incredible though it's very very good very dark um but the acting and the the cinematography and the writing it's just it's just amazing it's just incredible so that's nice. been cool yeah so i've been really enjoying that um super bowl commercials did you like any of the super bowl commercials i was i'm getting hyped for for avengers endgame yeah but i don't really honestly I don't pay attention to the commercials anymore. Yeah, nothing, I, nothing, nothing really stood out other than other than Avengers Endgame. It's become such a big deal that it's not fun anymore. Oh well, that's not true. The end of my least favorite commercial. The end of my least favorite commercial was Fantabulous. What is Fantabulous a brand? No, the brand that was Game of Thrones ending the Dilly Dilly guys. Oh, yeah, that was good. By burning them to death. Yeah, that was that pretty was good. amazing. But they're the, not really the, dead. I'm sure they're still going to be doing Dilly the, Dilly commercials. No, that should be the end of Dilly Dilly. The mountain smashing the Bud, Bud Light Knights. Bud Light Knights head <laughs> in like like he did to... Uh, Oberon. 
Oberyn and the dragon coming in and the music. I mean, I was like, wow, that's how you tie two things in. Yeah, so I did, I was rewatching Game of Thrones from the beginning and I finished it way, like I just finished it last week and so I still have months until Actually, the, the new I, season comes out and I'm I mad think about I saw, it. I saw it on Reddit. It was, it was just like yesterday or the day before. It was like, if you start watching one a day from today. Right. So if you watch one a day from today, you might have to watch two or three on the last day. Yeah, and you'll be you'll and be you'll caught be up. All caught up. So I was at, and sadly I actually considered doing that again, but I'm not going to. I'm doing True Detective, and then I'm going to start Legion. I hear Legion is a fantastic I show. I loved season one. I just saw that I think Hulu has season two, so I'm going to watch yep. season two. Yeah, um, Hulu has both, right? I'm season one and two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but I watched season one. Yeah, it yeah. might have been one like where I paid, I bought the thing on Amazon because I was like really excited, and it is really good. It's trippy, it's weird, and it's good. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back next week to uh, pretend like we know what we're talking about about what's happening with the Miami Dolphins offseason. Watch True Detective if uh, you haven't seen season one. And if you have seen season one, watch it again. It's just amazing. I'll be your quarterback. I'd pay to see that. I'd pay you. <laughs> <laughs>